0: Welcome into to the BetUS College Football Show. It's week 11. I am your host, Gary Seegers. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE if you are so inclined. And what a fantastic week of games. We've got some just absolute... Awesome big time matchups to discuss on today's show, along with our typical, you know, the games where we find value. We call them the sicko games, but we we've got a nice mix of them today. Let me go ahead and bring in the experts on the show. We're going to start off on the right side of your screen, the award-winning professional handicapper Kyle Hunter. He is at Kyle Hunter Picks on Twitter. Yeah. Kyle, uh, how are you feeling today? I, I see, uh, I see a little bit of a different uh, view of you on this. <laughs> I I was
1: thinking we might not even see me here today because <laughs> the power went off right before the show so uh we're we're doing the best we can with this so uh fingers crossed that this works
0: out I, it looks good so far everything's all right we are, we're rolling through cell phone data etc so we're we're gonna make it work one way or the other on the left side of the screen of course parker fleming at stats of war on twitter he is the numbers guy the numerical guru as i call him our analyst uh parker Tell me, uh, how are you feeling today? Of course, yesterday, a fantastic show. Uh, I'm looking forward to this one for sure.
2: I love the kind of shows, Gary, where afterwards all three of us text each other and we're like, dude, that was actually pretty fun. We liked that one. And yesterday I felt like it was a good show. Felt like we were just hanging out talking football. So i um, excited to get into some of these games today. Ex- enjoyed watching some Mac last night. And uh, yeah, there's there's uh, just uh, some very fun matchups. I think we're going to disagree on, on some of these that we don't have plays on, and that's going to be really fun. So it um, should, should be a good show today, too.
0: Most certainly. Let me go ahead and tell everybody, first off, uh, go ahead and like the video if you would, that certainly helps us out as far as all the background computing stuff that helps us out with the YouTube algorithm, whatever all of that means. The like button certainly helps. It also helps when you subscribe to the show. Uh, You can jump into the chat along with that. Uh, The chat is subscriber only, but inside of that chat, you can toss in your questions for the Q&A at the end of the show. We do that each and every time out, and that is every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern time, That's when we go live. So, of course, subscribing, hitting that notification bell there on YouTube will help you do that. Um, Along with that, there is the podcast as well. You can grab the BetUS Football Show on any of your favorite podcast apps on Apple and Spotify. I know that you can rate us, and I would highly recommend that you go ahead and rate us five stars because, hey, that would be helping us out. You know, we come on here. We do this. You guys get to consume the product for free. Uh, all we ask is that you like the videos and subscribe on YouTube and on the podcast feed, and leave some reviews. That uh doesn't take a lot of time. I would certainly appreciate it, and I know the other guys will as well. Let's uh let's go ahead and do our recap. Let's tell you what we did last week. Let's tell you what we've done thus far on the season. We like to be transparent here. Uh, last week I was two four and one. Parker one and five. Kyle four and one. Not a great week, but overall on the season. 38, 24, and 3 for myself. Uh, Kyle is 24 and 18. Parker, 30, 32, and 1. Overall, we are 92, 74, and 4. That is 55.42% against the number. And I got to tell you, that's not bad. This late in the year, we are still up, still profitable, and that is always a good thing when we are trying to find value in picks. Let's move into the first game of today, and we are going to talk some sec south carolina heads to ben hill griffin stadium the swamp to take on the gators florida a seven and a half point home favorite the total sits at 59 on this uh, kyle we're gonna start with you here south carolina won this game last year 40 to 17 and it was a really big reason why dan mullen was fired uh, towards the end of the season south carolina is two and three straight up in the last five against florida but they are four and one against the number uh, south carolina makes no sense as far as efficiency, as far as what this team actually is, what is the identity of that Gamecock football team. But you can kind of say the same thing about Florida. We don't really know what they are defensively. We know that they're not great. Uh, and what can you really take from a 41-24 to 24 win over a flu-riddled Texas A&M team last week? Uh, I don't think much. And Kyle, what do you see between these two?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's nothing in this game that would make me excited to bet either side, to be honest. yeah, I, These two defenses don't um, excite me. I look at the total and I see a total that seems on the surface pretty high for two teams that play this slowly. But I think it makes sense when you look at the the breakdown of uh, success that both of the run games should have. Both of these rushing defenses have been very weak all year. Um, I think that this, in general, this Florida defense has underperformed even the lowest expectations Uh, You know, I I expected Tony to do a good job with them. I still think he's a good defensive coordinator. Um, Hasn't worked out so far this year. And then South Carolina's defense, I mean, they've been gashed many times as well. Uh, You never know what you're going to get out of Spencer Rattler. Uh, You could pretty much say the same thing about Richardson. I mean, obviously his upside's really high, but uh, very inconsistent. Uh, The only thing I could bet in this game would be an over. Uh, I don't love the over here in this one, but it's hard for me to get to a side here.
0: It does make sense. The total opened at 59. It is still sitting at 59 here. Uh, Parker, you know, when I look at this, South Carolina does defend what Florida does best, but at the same time, uh, Florida on defense, they, they don't really defend anybody well. Their defense is number 104 in passing explosive rate allowed. Uh, South Carolina is number 22 in that metric over the last five weeks, number 35 in PPA per passing offense, and and that, of course, requires you to... Uh, maybe believe a little bit in Spencer Rattler. I don't I don't know that I necessarily do that. Uh, the defense for Florida is number 121 in PPA per drive over the last five weeks. And when you look at these numbers, they beat Missouri by seven. They beat South Florida by three. They beat Utah by three. Uh, those are the wins, you know, at home. Uh, they haven't beaten anybody by more than a touchdown other than Texas A&M, who was missing about 20 dudes last week. So, uh, not sure exactly what to make of this, but I'm I'm curious your thoughts here.
2: I definitely like betting Florida as an underdog more than I like betting Florida as a favorite, especially the season, that kind of quit factor. Um, but, man, I don't want to touch South Carolina with a 10-foot pole, and I'll tell you why. I said it a little bit last week about the Missouri game. On the merits, you might want to think one way, but South Carolina is so erratic in kind of every other facet of the game besides the down-to-down business of moving the football that I I really just don't have a good read on them. Um, I have this projected as Florida by four, but you look at South Carolina, they had a negative net success rate against Vanderbilt last week. They were up three turnovers, and they still won by what? That's um, 11 points, so it's a two-score win. They were up three turnovers against a very bad, very bad Vanderbilt team. Guys, they had 12 penalties for 116 yards against Vanderbilt, too. Like, just a really weird game that, like, any other competent football team probably would have beaten South Carolina there. But because it's Vanderbilt, it's Vanderbilt. So this game smells to me. Um, I'm a little bit worried about it. Uh, kind of interesting profiles on both sides. Uh, South Carolina, 85th in EPA per pass. 41st in epa per rush florida much worse against the rush 84th epa per pass 119th epa per rush If we flip that on the other side south carolina's defense has been pretty okay against the past they're 28th but they're 118th in epa per rush guys when we see a big split like that what do we think selection right and so i really think that their pass defense has not been challenged as much just because their run defense has been so bad florida run defense really good or run offense really good fifth in epa per rush but 75th and success rate. So they're really relying on, on a couple of big plays to do some work and then not, you know, just staying ahead of schedule otherwise. So it'll be interesting to see if Florida can do anything in the pass game. Um, from kind of a matchup standpoint. You also think that the last couple of games here are going to test the metal of Florida's kind of culture and integrity, um, not like moral integrity, but, you know, as, as a football team, as an infrastructure, which is one of the reasons they hired Billy uh, Napier. Uh, so we'll kind of see how, what they, what their kind of in, in intensity factor is down the stretch here. Um, but overall, from a, from a betting spot, man, I'm very, very nervous about this game.
0: I... I'm going to side with South Carolina. I'm going to make it official <laughs> here because my number says that I have to, right? Uh, when when you have such a large split, I, I've got three different numbers that I use. It's One is very just raw stats. The other is uh, PPA and talent adjustment, et cetera, opponent adjusted as well for the entire season. And then the third one is all of that except for over the last five weeks. And all three of those, as far as my numbers go, actually have South Carolina favored by from one point to about 0.01 points, right? So if I'm getting more than a touchdown with a team that all of my numbers say should be favored, I'm going to have to go with it. And there's a few things that I like about this. Uh, Brad Crawford uh, tweeted out earlier, and I deleted the thing. Okay, I don't have it anymore. Regardless, we know that South Carolina special teams is ridiculous. They are really, really good. They're number one in SB+. Florida is number 48. So there is an advantage there. Now, that's not something you can typically count on, etc. Florida is number 26 in turnover margin. South Carolina is number 101 for the entire season. But when you look at what South Carolina has done over the last five weeks – they have, they're plus one in turnover margin. They've actually been pretty good. And as you mentioned, Parker, last week, you know, got three turnovers. This is something that may be kind of trending in the right direction. They're starting to take better care of the football, it appears. Florida, number 63 in penalties per game. South Carolina, number 76. Marshawn Lloyd uh, looks like he may be back this week, so that will certainly help. Uh, South Carolina is 2-6 against the spread against winning teams. Uh, Florida is 2-5 and five against the spread against winning teams neither of these teams has a, a big advantage here. But when when you look back at what Florida has done, at when they are supposed to win, they don't win by much, right? Take out the Texas A&M game from last week. They beat Utah by three. They beat USF by three. And that's a bad South Florida team. They beat Missouri by seven. And that was just a, a pick six, right? I mean, they really had some advantages in that ball game and were able to win it, but they didn't win by more than a touchdown. I'm getting seven and a hook here. Give me South Carolina. I think this will be a tough, hard-fought football game. I like Beamer. I like the culture that he's instilling there. Uh, I've bet South Carolina multiple times they have been good to me plenty of times in the past. I'm going to ride them again here. I will take the Gamecocks plus 7.5 for my official play on this one. All right. We're going to stay in the SEC because, eh, why not? Uh, Big game, of course, 7 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday night. Georgia heads to Starkville, Mississippi, and, of course, the Bulldogs <laughs> Which one? Georgia is a 16 and a half point favorite there. The total sits at 53 and a half. Latest numbers at Bet US. Davis Wade Stadium, uh, for a long time this year, has believed that this is the spot where they are going to get Georgia. They got them at home. They are they they were close in that 2020 season. It was a 31 to 24 ball game. They believe that they got a shot to upset Georgia here. We'll see. We'll see Georgia 36 and 15 against the spread uh, against a uh, road team or on the road, excuse me, uh, two and seven against the spread after a spread win. Now this may be a bit of a letdown spot after beating Tennessee like they did last week, Parker, let's start with you on this 27 to 13 win over Tennessee. There's nothing that you can take statistically that would lead you to believe that Mississippi state could win this ball game. Other than it is a huge home ball game for Mississippi state and it is a letdown spot for georgia what do you see between these two ball teams
2: yeah i think that the 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 problem with handicapping georgia this year is just like the do we care factor is so hard to predict or like the are we going to play 60 full minutes of football cuz they just don't care i you know you see some tweets and some analysis is like wow tennessee's defense really shaped up in the second half and it's like no georgia ran the ball 20 times and just decided they didn't want to be there anymore and shut it all down like this this team is is capable of I think even more than what they've shown um, and you wonder if the cumulative effect of you know them not playing 60 minutes of football bites them when they have to but that's a conversation for another day here I I, I do think that the um, it's not like the air rate is something that Kirby Smart hasn't seen. It's not like Mississippi State has better athletes to really challenge Georgia. I don't think that there's anything that would lay, lead you to believe that this defense or this this Mississippi State offense is going to score a ton. I have this as a high total, but again, that's predicated on Georgia playing you know 12 possessions of football, not six possessions of football and six possessions of let's run out the clock, which is certainly their prerogative to do when they're up by that much and don't need to do anything else to win. Um, one thing I'm looking at that would make me lean away from Mississippi State in this game, even though I do have it 15 15 and a half points for Georgia. Their EPA per rush is 95th in the nation. I I their their defense has gotten a lot of acclaim this year. It's only 26th in opponent adjusted EPA per play out of the Power 5. So that's worse than kind of I think my priors were on how good they were for this this Mississippi State defense. I don't know how they put a lid on Georgia at all and this offense you know, it's, it's going to score some points here and there, but it's shown when it's, when the bottom falls out, it can be a disaster. And, and even teams like Auburn can be a little bit frustrating and confusing. So I certainly don't believe that Mississippi state will have kind of an offensive advantage against Georgia here. Your best bet here or your best case scenario here is Mississippi state cares for 60 minutes and Georgia doesn't. And that, that gets it close. And again, frankly, I don't, I don't love betting on that.
0: It's it's very tough to play psychologist uh, for sure. Kyle, we'll move over to you, what Parker was just talking about, your Mississippi State being uh, not great against the run, etc. Uh, you look at what they've done, it's a really weird split over the last few weeks. They gave up 200-plus yards rushing to Auburn, to Kentucky, and to uh, Arkansas. They gave up 29 yards total rushing on 27 carries against Alabama. It's like they had a different game plan for that one in the way that they were going to attack the Tide a possible look ahead last week against Auburn. They won in overtime 39 to 33. I think they didn't expect that one to be much of a dogfight when they got up 24 to three early in that ball game. Uh, but Auburn uh, commendable for coming back in that one uh, state, you know, might've been looking a little bit ahead to Georgia. They might have a different game plan this round, because of course we've talked about Zach Arnett multiple times uh, that 335 defense can be kind of confusing And I wouldn't imagine that Georgia has spent as much time on Mississippi State as they did on Tennessee uh, last week. What what do you see in this one, Kyle?
1: Yeah, I think this is a tricky game. I mean, because it's certainly a wet-down spot for Georgia, no doubt about that. If you're just a situational handicapper, you probably want to fade Georgia in this one. The problem is uh, Mississippi State's run defense has given me so much uh, issue here that I would hate to bet them in this spot. You know, do we really think Mississippi State's run defense is reliable. Um, I think Parker makes a good point in that Georgia is happy to to, uh, sit on a lead. And uh, I think that probably makes me lean the most to an under in this game, because if you think Georgia is playing from a script that they're playing with a lead in the second half, you could see a pretty slow pace, a lot of running, uh, not very efficient on offense. And really Mississippi State's offense is not very explosive uh they're they're not a bad offense but not known for explosive plays certainly so uh you have one defense that's really good clearly in georgia and then mississippi state has been disappointing on defense to me uh you know i i'll I'll be honest i had a lot of notes ready for this and i'm kind of just going on the fly so i'm a little bit frustrated i don't have all my spent a lot of time doing but i'm going from what's in my head right here so Uh, I think that in general, Mississippi State's defense, uh, I think Arnett's a good defensive coordinator. I thought they'd be better than this this year, though. So uh, I think they're good against the pass, probably not good against the run, not good enough against the run. Uh, Georgia's too talented for me to bet Mississippi State here, even though the spot would uh, suggest you probably should.
0: Yeah, I think this feels like a a stay away kind of game. And, And of course, we do not have an official play on this one. Uh, but you start to dive into some of these other things. You know, we, we talked about eh, State's defense, maybe not as good as we thought, but they're still doing a pretty good job of keeping opponents out of the end zone, right? They, they have kept the uh, points per scoring opportunity down. They're number 28 in the country over the last five weeks in that uh, Georgia's offense is number three. There. As far as Mississippi State's offense, number 99 in points per scoring opportunity over the last five, Georgia's defense is number five. So there are big time advantages for Georgia here, but situationally, not ideal. Uh, this, if, if, how about this? If Georgia wants to lay it on, then they absolutely can. Uh, but we've seen multiple times this year that, that sometimes they are not all that interested. Uh, I will tell you you this. I was a little surprised. The ESPN strength of schedule is Georgia number 75 and Mississippi State number 5. I don't know that I agree with those numbers, but at the same time, it is something to uh, pay attention to. Uh, Neil jumped in, just said, uh, fade Georgia. They're not covering. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll see. Thank We need Georgia. to trust you.
2: <laughs> Someone's going to cut that out of context, Gary, and they're going to plaster your face on a motivation video of you saying, Fake <laughs> Georgia.
0: <laughs> I love it. Just have me framed all over Athens. I, I could understand it. So, yes, no official play from us. Uh, I don't even know that we've necessarily got liens other than situationally, Mississippi State makes sense. But again, if Georgia wants to put it on them, uh, they absolutely can, and they they probably will. So we'll move ahead to some Pac-12 action, and we've got a big win, a big win in Eugene, Oregon. Autzen Stadium, the Oregon Ducks hosting the Washington Huskies. And over the past few years, this one has certainly become uh, a bit of a rivalry, I will say. It was already a rivalry, but it became even more so uh, when Jimmy Lake was the coach at Washington, and all of his comments about recruiting, et cetera, the type of players that they recruit – This has become a bit testy. Oregon is a 13.5-point favorite here. The total is 72.5, latest numbers at BetUS. It's 7 p.m. Eastern time on Fox. Oregon won last year 26-16. This looks like a completely different Oregon team this year. Washington is 2-14-1 against the spread in the last 17 against Oregon. Definitely not good. Washington 0-5 against the number in their last five. Oregon is 6-0 against the spread at home. Kyle, I want to start with you here. Uh, Michael Penix, even in very intense weather last week in Seattle, still threw for nearly 300 yards in a 24-21 win over Oregon State. Uh, You look at what Washington is doing. They're number 18 in passing success offense against Oregon, who's number 98 uh, on defense. Oregon is number 2 in points per scoring opportunity. Washington is number 12. Like, there's a lot of things here that would lean you to believe that Washington, with that offense, could stay in it against a, eh, we'll call it subpar Oregon defense. But, man, this thing's in Austin. It's going to be late. It's a night game. It looks like a good spot for them. I'm, I'm curious your thoughts.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, what I really want to bet in this game would be an over. But, I mean, look at the number. Everybody else wants to bet an over in a game like this, too. And you, you have to have a cutoff point. Um, I think uh, both of these defenses can be had. Um, Bo Nix has been supremely uh, impressive to me this year. I mean, I think probably hasn't gotten enough hype for how well he's played. Um, you know, Michael Penix, I do have to say Penix played pretty well last week. Uh, he had that pick six, right, as the ESPN announcer was saying, his his arm was so It he just amazing, like a hot knife through butter. <laughs> pick six, right? The 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 announcer jinx certainly hit him. But uh uh I think I think Washington, uh, you know, last year you said Oregon's nothing like last year's team. Yeah, Washington's nothing like last year's team either. So Uh, You know, if you you look at last year's meeting uh, to prepare you any any way for this game, then you're doing it the wrong way here. Uh, Completely different teams. I think Oregon's success on offense, uh, you know, Knicks and then uh, Dillingham uh, have both been very impressive. Uh, I would say that in general, this is a, uh, you know, Washington team. Uh, that, that I don't trust quite as much as I trust Oregon. I think Washington's defense is a little bit worse, and uh, Washington doesn't have a, a great run game, so it puts quite a bit on Penex, in my opinion. So um, I would tend to lean toward uh, laying the points here with the Ducks if I had to do something. Like I said, I'd really like to take an over, and if this game starts out a little bit lower scoring, I could see a live over being a good uh, opportunity because I do think there will be plenty of points
0: here. Most certainly, yeah, but looking at where it opened at 69.5 all the way up to 72.5 and it's only Wednesday. So I can only imagine this thing will go higher and higher. And uh, yeah, if we do get a slow start, yeah, I could certainly see a live over being the play there. Uh, Parker, we'll move over to you. Uh, Oregon's offensive line, number one in Havoc allowed over the last five weeks. They're only passing the ball 42% of the time. That's number 103 in the country. Uh, their rushing success rate is number two in the country. Washington's defense is number 117. It is quite obvious that Oregon will be able to score on this Husky defense. Uh, And just like Kyle mentioned, this is a completely different Bo Nix that we've got this year. 73% completion percentage, 22 touchdowns, five picks, 2,500 yards. I mean, he's been unbelievable. Uh, But at the same time, if you look at these two teams, it's kind of carbon copies. Uh, One appears to be much better than the other, but uh, you got two teams with a great offense and bad defenses. Uh, just bottom line, what do what you see in the numbers with these two?
2: This game looks a lot to me like the Oregon UCLA game, which I think that UCLA um, actually did a little better than the score there. Oregon, you know, stole possession with an onside kick and UCLA kicked a couple field goals. But generally, um, UCLA moved the ball pretty well against Oregon in that game. Oregon's offense is just. Flying death machine against bad defenses and UCLA has a bad defense. Um my my prior here was actually that Oregon has a Oregon has a pretty bad defense and they've struggled. But actually, when your opponent adjusts it, um, Oregon's defense is 46 in the power five, Washington's is 58. This defense is legitimately not good. Um, and the point totals, I think, are a little bit deceptive. They're averaging, um, allowing 26.9. You look at their last five games, they gave up 21, 21. Uh, The last two, but then 39 to Arizona, 45 to Arizona State, 40 to UCLA. I mean, when they're confronted with even a competent offense, it seems like they really, really crumble. They're 115th in unadjusted EPA per play. Um, what What I also am worried about is they're much worse against the pass than the rush. They're 86th in EPA per rush allowed, but they're 123rd in EPA per pass allowed. Um, They are 81st in quality possession rate allowed, Washington is, but they're 17th in starting field position. That means that they are putting you back against your side of the field and still letting you march down with impunity, 123rd in finishing drives, 4.89 points per echo there. So this Washington defense really is not gonna be able to put up very much against this Oregon team. Oregon, I think, and I hate this, I hate that this is part of the game, Oregon is thinking about what it's going to take for them to jump in the playoff rankings to make sure that they get it right. They're one loss right here. There's going to be some finagling. Um, They have a common opponent with Tennessee who's going to be other, other, other team. I think that they're going to score just, just a ton, just absurd. I think they want to win every game by 50 points for those style managers. And, and I really think that they'll be able to score. I'm worried about Washington's ability to one, play turnover free ball and two finish drives at the rate that Oregon's going to finish drives. Oregon's allowing the fourth best starting field position, 25.4 yards, uh, yard line. And Washington is 75th in starting field position. That alone means Washington's going to have to rush down the field uh, and march down the field and score on long drives. That that makes me very worried against an Oregon defense that I think is underrated just because uh, when you account for opponent and kind of game state, they've, they've been a little better than those numbers suggest. So I like Oregon. I like Oregon at home winning big. They are four and zero against the spread at home here. This is a Pac-12 opponent that is severely flawed. I think Oregon's the more complete team. Dan Lanning crushing the Auburn, uh, Auburn rumors and uh, and winning by by double digits. Give me the Ducks at home.
0: I like it. I like it a lot. We're gonna make it official. Parker riding with the Ducks minus thirteen and a half. Hey, you're getting that hook underneath two touchdowns. I could certainly certainly understand it. So. Uh, We'll roll along. Let me go ahead and remind everybody to like the video if you would so kindly that helps us out a whole lot as far as algorithms and whatever all the smart sound and stuff that helps quite a bit. Make sure that you are subscribed to the show and hit that notification bell. It lets you know when we go live. That's every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. If you can't catch the show live, you can always, of course, go back and watch the replay, which you should do for yesterday's show if uh, if you have not already done so. Don't stop this video. Keep watching live. But uh, certainly go back afterwards and make sure that you get caught up on what we discussed on yesterday's show as well. Along with that, um, let's see. Oh, the podcast, of course, uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify, the BetUS Football Show. It's the college football show and the NFL show, both in one feed. Very easy to do. Make sure that you're subscribed there. Now, I have a note here that I need to go through, and we have a new promotion going on at BetUS. Before we dive into the next game, Let me tell you this. Thanksgiving is a time of togetherness and gratitude. Here at BetUS, we're thankful to all customers, new and old. And as such, we would like to offer you a chance to win two turkey feasts with all the trimmings for two lucky BetUS members via a scavenger hunt. Now, starting on Saturday, November 12th, we're going to begin posting daily keywords across our social media platforms once per day with a hint each morning on the BetUS official Twitter handle on where to find the word. BetUS members will need to collect all five words in order to qualify for the free giveaway that's valued at a total of $1,000. The five words need to be DM'd to us on the BetUS official on Twitter um, on the 16th of November, and the winner will be announced on the 17th of November. If you're not already a BetUS member, make sure that you sign up, uh, and you will get, uh, let's see, with one of our mini bonus offers. There we go. All right, BetUS, it's where the game begins. There's a link in the description for this thing. It is fascinating. Like, it's an incredible promotion. I am excited about it. Hopefully, you guys are as well. Uh, If you're not already a BetUS member, you should be. I mean, at this point, what are we talking about? So go and get signed up, et cetera. But uh, it's a great time to do so because if you're not a member, uh, we got you. We got you handled. You can check out the Twitter link that's in the description. You will get a $50 free play sign-up bonus with no deposit required. So you can participate. So go ahead and check that thing out. I'm excited about it. Hopefully, you guys are as well. But that takes us over to our next game. Let's move to the Sun Belt. Southern Miss at Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina is an eight-point favorite at home. The total sits at 50.5, and and I got a feeling that this thing is going to... uh, I think it's going to go down, I would imagine. It's already gone down. It opened at 11, it's down to eight. The total 50.5, the latest number's at BetUS. It's at Brooks Stadium in Conway, South Carolina, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time game. This is the first meeting... Between the shots and, of course, the Golden Eagles here, this is supposed to be a really, really fun game. I thought it was going to be great. But now, I'll just go on and say it, it appears that quarterback Grayson McCall is going to be out for three to six weeks for Coastal Carolina. That is certainly not good. That is certainly not good. Parker, uh, we're going to start with you on this one uh, because you uh, were going to take Coastal, if I'm not mistaken. But I'm curious your thoughts here. Uh, this appear, I think this is a fascinating conversation because Jamie Chadwell, the coach at Coastal, has been in the running for a lot of different bigger jobs, I would say, than Coastal Carolina. I wonder if a lot of the hesitation with him is, okay, is his system really that good, or does he just have an incredible quarterback? This is a good time to figure that out, right?
2: Yes. So uh, one, I want to shout out and give you credit because I had a bunch of stuff going on this morning and I know you did too. And I left Coastal in here without seeing the the McCall news. And so shout out to Gary for having my back and and getting that one off my slate before (laughs) we finalized our production meeting this morning. But um, yeah, I I, I think that I'll talk about the big picture stuff and then a little bit the the, the matchup and why I think it's going to be different. Um, I think it's there's a reason why like Willie Korn hasn't gotten a job and why Grayson McCall didn't transfer. Um, Sometimes something beautiful comes out of nowhere and just works together and you can't really do it somewhere else. Coastal Carolina has been really good at like early offering and some of those guys have panned out, but I think that that market inefficiency has kind of gone away as they've gotten more prominent. Um, And yeah, I think the big question that everyone wants to see is can you do this without Grayson McCall? They lost a couple games last year. Uh, or lost, lost one last year without, without him to, uh, Georgia state, I think. And, um, I mean, if he's not there to run the offense, if they don't have, let's take it away from him. And let's say if they don't have their senior quarterback, who's played for four seasons in this offense and knows how to, you know, read, make the reads and everything, that's going to be a huge step back. So that's, that's definitely interesting to, to watch and Southern misses Defense is better than its offense. So like their their defense should at least put some kind of challenge. I mean, you've got enough tape on this Coastal Carolina offense. You've got a good coach in Will Hall who's going to emphasize the the details. Um, The Southern Mississippi defense is 42nd among G5 teams as opposed to 63rd on offense. Coastal's offense is uh, 7th overall, but that defense is 38th. And so I think if you take that offense, let's rank them down from seventh to what, 28th or something, you're looking at an actually pretty competitive game. So if McCall is in here, I like this by a lot. And I think that Coastal Carolina's kind of overwhelming multiplicity is going to be really hard against a, a thin and developing team. Um, again, we talked about you want to get good at one thing. Southern Miss has gotten good at defense, even though I think Coach Hall would prefer that they were good at offense first um, <laughs> and, and kind of building up. And 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 so kind of, That depth is really an issue, but they're 13th in EPA per pass allowed compared to Coastal Carolina's third EPA per pass. So that's like strength on strength. You bring that quarterback down some. This game could get pretty murky here Um, when it was, you know, eight or above. I I really was interested in in Coastal Carolina at full strength here. I think that they uh, have shown the ability to just separate from lesser teams. But with with McCall hurts, um, this this game is something I I, got to stay away from.
0: Yeah, it does make sense. Kyle, i, I got to bring you in here, especially to look at the total on this. Uh, it opened at 54.5. Now, without McCall, it's down to 50.5. Uh, but these two teams are are just vastly different. Southern Miss, number one in the country in plays per game. Coastal Carolina is number 127. It's a massive difference. Is there anything that might change with Coastal as far as pace goes with a new quarterback in there? I, I'm curious about this uh, for a multitude of reasons because when a when a guy does go out, obviously it's normally a stay away. But you know, with uh, with big line movements, maybe it's something that you can take advantage of. I'm I'm curious your thoughts here.
1: Yeah, you said um, Southern Miss is number one and uh, over the last over the last five weeks. Yeah. Okay. I was, uh, I know that they have had some weird games. They've had some overtime games in the season and, and uh, they don't play that fast. So it's not really a team that I think wants to be in the track meet or anything. Why would they want to be, you know, they don't have an offense to, uh, (laughs) to, uh, you know, if you want to talk about Southern Miss, you talk about one side of the ball, the offense. I mean, they're just atrocious Uh, they're just trying to make something happen out of nothing. They turn the ball over way too much. On defense, they're pretty good. This is a good Southern Mess defense, especially against the pass. Um, You know, Coastal Carolina without Grayson McCall is a pretty big difference. And I I think this line will keep moving. Uh, I would expect the under will get hit more. Uh, I think 50 and a half is probably still a little bit too high for a total without Grayson McCall here. Um, I would have leaned to the under even with Grayson McCall at the higher number. Uh, I would lean even more that way now. I think it's Carpenter is the backup for uh, McCall. Uh, you know, he's not a bad backup, uh, but, you know, he's not Grace McCall. So uh, I, I think Coastal uh, has to still be favored by some in this one, but I wouldn't be excited to lay points with Coastal here. Uh, like I said, I think that changes the game plan enough that it would make me want to bet an under. Uh, thinking even the Coastal defense, which is not very good, probably has enough success to slow down the Southern Miss offense, which really... Uh, you know, in a Parker term, has been pretty feckless
0: this year. I love that. I love that. Yeah, no, I do agree. Uh, These two teams, you know, Southern Miss over the last five weeks, number 119 on offense, PPA per drive at Coastal Carolina's defense, number 128 in uh, defensive PPA per drive over the last five weeks. Uh, Coastal's offense, number six, uh, Southern Miss's defense, number 29. It's it's just different teams. They're just set up, built differently right now. Uh, so no official play on this with the news that Grayson McCall is going to be out. Uh, but pay attention to that under. You know, Kyle leaning the under on 50 and a half. It, yeah, it's something to pay attention to, especially with the backup quarterback coming in that will change the game plan for what Coach Jamie Chadwell wants to do in Brooks, South Carolina. Or excuse me, in Brooks Stadium, Conway, South Carolina. Moving ahead, we're moving to the Big 12 here, and you want to talk about a monster matchup. Unbelievable here. TCU heads to Austin, Texas. And the undefeated number four ranked Horn Frogs are seven-point underdogs. You want to bet TCU plus seven? It's going to be juiced at minus 115 here. The total sits at 65. It's at DKR Texas Memorial Stadium in Austin. Guys, Texas won last year, 32-27. to 27. Uh, TCU seven and three straight up and against the spread against Texas in the last 10. The storylines are endless when it comes to these two teams with coaching changes and everything else that's going on. Um, Quentin Johnston, it appears, may be out. Uh, we'll, we'll let Parker handle all the real news at the, uh, at the end because I'm going to start with Kyle on this. Uh, the offense has been rolling for TCU, uh, but it's been slow starts, and then they pick up in the second half it's the complete opposite for Texas. They roll early, and then they got nothing as far as adjustments going in the second half. Vastly different when it comes to that. I'm curious, Kyle, what are your thoughts on this, TCU and Texas?
1: Well, I mean, if there was one game I wanted to watch this weekend, this would certainly be the one. You know, this must-see TV here. Um, I assume Parker feels the same way as far as this being the the one you'd most want to watch. You know, there's... there's uh, some different things going on in this game. Uh, like you said, Texas starts fast. TCU is finished fast, finished well. Uh, I think that in this one, uh, the question mark is can TCU get enough? stops? Uh, TCU's defense has given up too many explosive plays. Uh, I think they were bottom five or six in the country in ex- uh, explosiveness allowed. Uh, I think that is a difficult matchup here against Texas team that probably can score quickly uh, multiple times in this game. Uh, the question is, do you trust Texas to get the stops? Uh, tr- Texas' defense is certainly much improved uh, from what they were the last couple of years. Uh, I think TCU's well-balanced offense still gives them some trouble, though. Uh, 65 being the total, I would probably lean to the over here, thinking this could become a bit of a shootout. Uh, as far as the side, I really don't know what to do with this one. I think it's a fair number, um, you know, and, and I have to say that you know, me just having a lean on the over, I'm I'm super excited to hear what Parker has to say that, about this one, because we know Parker knows TCU really well.
0: Oh, most certainly. Uh, looking at Texas, number 33 PPA margin over the last five weeks, TCU is number 69 in that spot. Now, I would venture to say that TCU may be a little bit more difficult of a schedule. Um, when it comes to these slow starts for TCU, can they overcome another one here? Uh, because we know, as I mentioned, Texas gets off to these fast starts. Uh, number 60 in success rate on offense over the last five weeks for TCU. Um, but they're number five in points per play, so they, they make them count, and that that is certainly something there. Uh, Texas, I, I mentioned number five in first-half points. Uh, TCU, I mentioned that they start slow, but they're actually number 15 in first-half points there. Uh, the games just appear to be closer, I guess, in the first half. Uh, Parker, I I cannot understand – why TCU would be a seven point dog here, because I can't find a set of numbers that would get to that, to, to a full touchdown here. And I understand that there's home field and I understand there's all these other things, but TCU has proven that they are a good football team. Maybe it has to do with Quentin Johnston being out. Like maybe that's baked in there, but I'm very curious what, what your thoughts are on this one.
2: Started a timer on my watch, so I don't go too long on this. Uh, as always, <laughs> if you want to hear me get really weird about this Purple Theory podcast, where we get podcasts, so you can listen to me talk for some more. These are the same team. Um, TCU's offense is 13th uh, in uh, opponent-adjusted EPA per play. Texas is 17th. TCU's defense, 35th. Texas, 29th. TCU, 15th in EPA per play margin. Texas, 16th overall. Texas has found interesting ways to lose a couple games. Maybe should have lost a Kansas State game. Note that Julius Brent's Kansas State's number one cornerback, actually went out on the second play for a dumb targeting call. Not that the targeting call was dumb, but the play was dumb. He should have known he was going to get tossed for that. Interestingly enough, a big thing I think in this line is TCU's defense is pretty thin, especially at the linebacker position, especially at the linebacker coverage position. Um, Jamoy Hodge and Johnny Hodges are two very stout, very capable running uh, defenders, and they are not as good in the past defense. Texas Tech, Tech scored a touchdown, just absolutely exploiting the both of them. I think Steve Starkisian saw that and will be looking for that. Another guy I'd look for is Jatavion Sanders. I don't know that TCU can de- de- devote enough resources to um, defend Jatavion Sanders in addition to Xavier Worthy, in addition to Bijan Robinson, in addition to Roshan Johnson. All four of those players can be on the same field at the same time for Texas. That's terrifying if they know how to utilize it. TCU's depth there, I think, is worrisome. On the flip side, Texas' defense is 90th in the EPA per pass. They will let you pass over them. Um, I think pressure is going to be something that's very interesting to watch. That dictates the pace of this game. Uh, This game makes me want to throw up and have that dry feeling in my mouth and queasiness that I haven't had since I was an undergrad. And it's beautiful and I love it and I'm terrified of it. I think seven points is probably too much. I did see somebody in the chat talking about Texas first half. Love that. Love a Texas first half here. If I was going to bet, I think that's what I would do because it's kind of the opposite of the unstoppable force meets an immovable object. It's like a very stoppable force and a very movable object in TCU's second half comebacks and Texas Tech's, or excuse me, Texas's second half uh, um, uh, squandering, if you will. So very interested is the forces there. Um, I, I, I think the big deal will be, can TCU dig, will D C U dig a big enough hole that they can't get out of? We'll see this week, especially getting winners back in the second half. But him out in the first half, Texas could score an absolute ton against this defense, especially being down. Um, Texas a wide receiver Shad Banks will be starting at linebacker for TCU um, in the first half this weekend, which will certainly be something. Um, that's 223. That was way too long. Sorry, I'm very, very <laughs> nervous about this game. I would mean uh, Texas first half is is probably my smart betting advice there.
0: I will I will jump in here and say that you did not mention the former Horned Frogs head coach a single time, and that appears to be one of the big storylines. Uh, I will take advantage of that. No worries. So Gary Patterson, of course, was the head coach at TCU last season. He is now a special assistant to the head coach. He kind of helps with the defensive game planning, et cetera, at Texas now. And this, for whatever reason, has taken on on Twitter and whatever other college football universe there might be. He, a lot of people seem to believe that because he is now at Texas, he is fired up at TCU and he wants to get back at them. And that's why the line is a touchdown, et cetera. And I don't buy it because I think that those TCU players would like to beat him just as much as he would like to beat them. So I don't think that narrative or that storyline has anything to do with what the number is. I'm a uh, Parker. I cannot wait to watch this thing. You and I, I'm sure, will be texting through uh, quite a bit of it. But yes, this is this is an interesting game for certain. Let me go can ahead. Can I clarify uh,
2: for just for betting purposes something I forgot to say there? Quentin Johnston evidently didn't feel great in the Texas Tech game and held himself out, but should be good to go this week. That was kind of a we think we can win this game without potentially injuring our guy sort of situation. But when he's out, that TCU offense is very bad. But I expect him to play this weekend.
0: Most certainly, I like that. All right. Uh, No official plays on that one. Um, Lean to TCU. Uh, I like what Parker was saying, Texas first half. uh, Probably play a live Texas, uh, or excuse me, TCU second half. That appears to be the way that I would roll with that. We do have two more games, and we have uh, quite a few picks. On these two games uh, But first let me remind you to go ahead and like the video We're almost up to 100 likes You guys know that that's our number We like to get to 100 at least And uh, and then if we can go past that Get 150, 200, whatever it is We'll figure it out If you haven't already Go ahead and toss your uh, comments, your questions Into the chat And we will curate all that for q and A Q&A at the end of the show, as we always do, any games that we have not discussed, etc., or that we did not discuss on yesterday's Q and A or yesterday's show, uh, you can toss in there, and we will do our best to give you an opinion on it. Uh, any games that we haven't discussed are the ones where, you know, we didn't find the most value, or it's not, you know, one of the biggest, uh, I guess, television games or the biggest hype games of the weekend. So, um, like the video, subscribe to the channel, uh, go back and watch yesterday's show if you've not already, and. Let's go ahead and dive into the next game. We are moving to the ACC. This one's at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Florida State, minus 7, and that's uh, minus 105 if you would like to bet that side. Uh, Syracuse, plus 7, is minus 115. This one in the JMA Wireless Dome in Syracuse, New York. Guys, uh, the total sits at 51.5, and it has not moved. That total is the exact same that it was when it opened very, very interesting to me. Um, not that I feel like it should be a whole lot different, but regardless, those numbers the latest at-bet U.S. Florida State won last year in Tallahassee, 33-30. to Parker, I'm going to start with you here. Florida State is 4-1, straight up 2-3 and three against the spread in the last five against Syracuse, but those were really bad Florida State teams. Florida State is healthy, finally, and this is a good team. Ah, uh, the last five weeks, number 26 PPA per drive on offense, number 25 on defense. They are number one, uh, excuse me, number 15 in rushing success rate on offense over those last five weeks. Syracuse in that time span, number 98. Uh, this, another issue as far as Syracuse is concerned is Schrader going to play? I mean, we we got to figure out this quarterback situation, and it's not that I think that the backup is awful. It's just you've been running with one guy, and that's uh, what the offense is kind of built around. And I I don't know what to make of the cues here. So I Parker, I, I want you to start us off.
2: Uh, Florida State's good. Like they're an actually good football team. I think last year um I was talking about them as kind of, you know, they're they're pretty good at the normal business of football, like down to down, but then they, you know, special teams and some big negative plays really made them Uh, you know, explain why their record was worse in their efficiency, but guys they are 10th in uh, offensive EPA per play opponent adjusted seventh in defensive rank fifth in uh, in EPA per play margin out of the power five teams. They are legitimately good. Mike Norvell has gotten them out of the uh, offensive line hole, which I think is just really hard to do to dig out of that development wise. And they're getting that. So Jordan Travis is not running for his life anymore. They're 14th in EPA per pass 73rd in EPA per rush that rushing, um, deficiency would worry me uh, because Florida State is sixth in quality possession rate, but 114th in points per quality possession. They don't finish those very well. I think that's related to their rushing struggles. Here comes Syracuse's defense, 108th in EPA per play uh, allowed rushing this season. Um, They're 41st out of 65 power five teams in defense. I think that Florida State will be able to finish drives better than they have against the Syracuse defense. I do not believe that any way, shape, or form the Syracuse offense is um, built to overcome any kind of deficit. If Florida State can score early and often, they're 11th on early downs EPA, 24th on third and fourth down success. I think they can put some distance here that that, that uh, the Orange just won't be able to make up. Um, the Syracuse Offense is 32nd in EPA per play. Garrett Trader's fun, but it's a chaos offense. We've known that, and they were beating, you know, Virginia and Purdue with last-minute heroics, which is all fun and well for Syracuse fans, but you're beating Virginia and Purdue with last-minute uh, <laughs> heroics. That's not exactly a good sign. 101st in EPA per play uh, pass, 98th on third and fourth down success. Um, I just don't think there's a recipe for the Orange to score a bunch here. I like Florida State. I think they're coming on strong. I think they're underrated. And – um yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Florida State on the road here. I like them.
0: I like it as well, Kyle. I, I want to go ahead and get you in here. Uh, like like Parker said, Florida State is good. Um, Syracuse number 19 and turnover margin. Florida State number 44. I don't necessarily know that it's gonna matter in this spot. Uh, both of these teams not great as far as penalties are concerned. Florida State's number 110. Syracuse number 122. Uh, when you just look at these teams, down to down. Uh, one of them looks really talented and has shown statistically over the full season that they are a really good team. Syracuse has started the decline. A 19 to nine loss to Pitt last week uh, was not great. Not great at all. They just could not do very much on offense, and that was against Pitt. Uh, Florida State and, and what I believe Adam Fuller is doing on defense is, I mean, this is great. This team looks just substantially better than they have in many, many years. Kyle. What do you see in this one? Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm thinking the same thing Parker was in that one. Florida State's actually good. You know, they're legitimately a good team. Uh, And I'm not saying that just because of last week. You know, uh, that was a Miami team that is in horrible shape. But Florida State's been consistently uh, very good here of late. It's not just a one game thing. I think Jordan Travis is still underrated by uh, most people. Uh, He's improved his passing, he's an excellent runner. I think Florida State has really solid balance on offense that they haven't had in the past. And I think the defense, which was a big weakness in the past, you know, this is a top three defense in the ACC. Uh, I believe they're number one in the ACC play and, and yards per play allowed. Uh, and now you're playing against Syracuse. And I, I thought it was interesting when I was trying to look uh, last night for for injury information. I, I read Dino Babers said something like uh, we're very sensitive to uh, what's going on with Garrett Schrader, and I don't really want to say anything else. And it's, you know, a, a very sensitive issue. And it's like, okay, so I don't know exactly what that means. Uh, you know, I don't think Garrett is a great player, but I do think he's better than uh, Del Rio Wilson, I believe was the name of the backup. Yep. Um, this is a uh, Syracuse offense that, I mean, look at how they looked last week against Pitt. Uh, Del Rio Wilson didn't play well in that game, certainly. And, uh, you know, Syracuse defensively I think they've really fallen off here of late uh Pitt has the tendency to uh they get a lead and they they definitely would be the type that would just kind of run out the clock uh, I think Pitt could have won that game by more this is a Syracuse uh, defensive line that really has been badly banged by injuries uh, I think Florida State can take advantage of that um I'm a little bit nervous that there's so much agreement in this one but uh I, I like Florida State in this one I think uh Laying the points here is the way to go. I think they're they're just uh, two different classes of teams right
0: here. I agree completely. Uh, We did it last week. It didn't hit for us. We're going back to the well for a unity uh, play, not a lock or whatever. There's no such thing as a lock, as uh, as I believe somebody said in the chat. Um, We all three like Florida State in this spot uh, to cover seven. Uh, It's come up from six to seven, and there's a reason for that. Florida State just looks to be the significantly better team Uh, the offense for Syracuse is the biggest issue here. I don't trust them to be able to score number 123 in PPA per drive over the last five weeks. Uh, They just cannot seem to move the football, and albeit it's been against really good teams. But this is a really good team that they're going to be playing, even if it is at home. So, yeah, we all three like Florida State. Let's make it official. The Seminoles to cover uh, seven on the road here. Uh, we are going to roll FSU. We got one more game to discuss here, uh, so let's go ahead and jump in a Mountain West game. San Jose State, favored by two and a half, juice is minus 120 on this. The total sits at 41 and a half, and it's at San Diego State. Now, Snapdragon Stadium, I was told was going to be, you know, it's on campus. This is going to be an intimidating environment for any visitors that come in. Um, I mean, it hasn't really been that thus far uh, not that I'm saying that it can't be and this of course will be a late night game it's a 10 30 p.m eastern time game Kyle let's start with you here San Diego State won last year 19 13 and it looks like San Diego State has found something as far as a quarterback is concerned with uh with Maiden now you know Jalen Maiden has done really well but he has had three interceptions in the last two games and he's gonna have to find a way to keep it clean against San Jose State but San Jose State, I mean, this defensive line is something serious. Kyle, what what do you see between these two?
1: Yeah, for me, uh, this game, uh, San Diego State's offensive numbers have looked a bit better here of late, but I mean, their point totals have still been pretty low. Uh, They're not finishing drives. Um, They've gotten some of their yards in garbage time. I think this is a a San Diego State offense that I still wouldn't rate very highly, and I I think the the offense For San Diego State is way down from what it was a few years ago. We remember uh, a few years ago, San Diego State was always a good rushing team. They're no longer that good rushing team. They don't have that anymore. Uh, I don't think they can run in this game against San Jose State's uh, defense run. On the other side, um, Gary, I'm kind of reminded by watching that San Jose State game against Fresno State just scares me because uh, you know, San Jose State just looked terrible in that game offensively. Chevin uh, Cordero is inconsistent. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I think he's inconsistent. San Jose State's rushing game, not good. I think they won't be able to run very well. But I think both of these two teams like to run. They want to run if they can. Uh, I think there's going to be some inefficient offense going on in this game. And, and the pace isn't going to be very fast either. So uh, I would lean to San Jose State on the side uh, thinking that San Jose State is the better team here. But like I said, inconsistent enough. I, I hate to trust too much. I'm going to go with an under here in this one. I think under 41 and a half is a good play uh, with these two defenses being pretty good and the two offenses not being efficient at all. And like I said, I think despite the fact that they're not good at running, I think they both want to try to run it. So I think we'll see a lot of running into the line and a lot of moving clock in this game.
0: Yeah, you bring up the uh, the running here, and yeah, uh, San Diego State they're number one twenty-one in stuff rate allowed over the last five weeks. San Jose State's defense is number thirteen, so San Diego State wants to, uh, they just have not been great at it. (laughs) Like that's it's definitely a concern, uh, which is why I think they've done a little more passing with Maiden at quarterback, uh, even if he's had three interceptions in the last two games. Uh, Parker, you know, we'll we'll slide over to you on this. You know, Cordero has played pretty well. Uh, but can he keep that up against San Diego State's 335 defense? He did do a pretty good job against uh, San Diego State while he was at Hawaii. And this is not a team that they don't play regularly. They play this 3-3-5 every single year. San Jose State is 1-3 straight up and 3-1 and against the spread in their last four against San Diego State. So they don't win a ton. But Brent Brennan, like what he's building here, it, this looks, looks pretty, pretty good. Um, number 28 in passing success rate on offense is, uh, Cordero. And of course, San Jose state, uh, San Diego state's defense is number 70 in that metric. So I'm, I I really, I really like San Jose state here, but I'm curious your thoughts on it.
2: Uh, Cordero has a 92.3 pass grade on balls, 20 plus yards downfield. Like again, for whatever that's worth, that's pretty impressive for a guy who, who, you know, is, is kind of off the radar. Um, this line doesn't make sense to me. I have this by eight for San, De- San Jose State. Um, and normally when that happens, what I do is go under the hood and say, wait a minute, I'm sure that I've made a mistake in my code. I'm sure that something's wrong. But this is one where it kind of holds up. Um, not only is San Diego State's offense really bad, they run the ball a ton too. Um, and so they're going to be behind the chains on early downs. They're 109th in early downs EPA, whereas San Jose State's uh, offense or defense is seventh in early down ZPA. So that right there, I think it's di- going to dictate the pace of the game. If you look at this in opponent adjusted terms, um, San Jose state 18th offense in uh, out of the, the group of five, 12th defense, 13th overall San Diego state, 65th 18th in defense 58th uh, overall. This is just a very bad San Diego state team. And um, I, I think that San Jose state is in line for kind of a bounce back after, after maybe a little bit of tumultuous, uh, 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 recent history here, but the fact that San Diego State's offense just can't do anything, um, I, I mean, is is insane. San Jose State is at least 32nd at EPA per pass. They're passing, you know, 12.1% more than the average team. So I, I really like that. The one number hey, that, me, that also- Let me makes, interrupt oh, you here please. right quick.
0: Uh, so please. we talk about splits, we talk about, um, you know, selection, et cetera. Uh, looking back over the past five weeks, You look at San Jose State, you know, they're number five in FBS as far as uh, passing rate. They're throwing 66% of the time. San Diego State's defense is having to defend the pass at number 128, 62% of the time over the past five weeks. Uh, Have we found a, a selection there that maybe would point towards San Jose State?
2: Well, yeah. So you look at this defense. Their EPA per rush, uh, San San Diego State's all season is 16th, but their EPA per, per pass is 46. So you could certainly make an argument that 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 rushing defense isn't as good as as it as it looks like on the numbers there, um, from kind of a selection standpoint. Um, the, the flip side of that, though, is that San Jose State's defense is 10th in EPA per pass, 38th in EPA per rush. So there is, you know, it does seem like they're better at one thing than the other, and they're getting challenged on that. But there's not that dramatic like, hey, they're in the 20s in EPA passing and 110th in rushing or something like that. So, I, I yeah, I don't think that's standing out to me. But, of course, you know, last five weeks, I think that might be different. Certainly something to account for and kind of, you know, what are teams doing against them? Um, the only other stat I had that I thought was you know, kind of decisive for me on this was um, San Jose State's echo ratio, game control, 21st in the nation, 56% of all quality possessions in a game belong to San Jose State. San Diego State is 96 with 45.6. So I, I really just don't think that San Diego State can overcome their offensive issues. This should be a, a solid win for for San Jose
0: State. I agree with everything you just said. At all, not all three of us. Uh, Parker and myself uh, both riding with San Jose State. Kyle is going to lean them, but Kyle is going to take the under 41 and a half here. Um, the, the number just, I, it, it went from 39 and a half up to 41 and a half, and I felt like it maybe should have been under 39 and a half. I don't see a ton of points here, uh, but again, we'll we'll see. I do like San Jose State quite a bit, though. So make it official, Parker and myself with San Jose state to cover two and a half and Kyle is going to ride the under 41 and a half. So that will wrap up the game segments. Now we're going to dive into the Q and a portion of the show. We have got quite a few here. So we will uh, go ahead and get rolling. Let me go ahead and remind everybody, go ahead and like the video if you've not already done so. That helps us out tremendously. We don't ask for a lot of things from you out of here, so go ahead and and hit that like button. It looks like this. It's a little thumbs-up button right underneath the YouTube video, so help us out there. All right, we're starting off with this one. Kenneth Dalton jumps in. He said, does Baylor continue to roll against Kansas State? I feel like we hit this yesterday. Did we hit this yesterday? Okay. Uh, All right. Kenneth, go ahead and check out the Tuesday show. All right, the Yari B jumps in. Louisville is an obvious play to me. Clips that we hit on this one yesterday. Hmm. Okay, let me roll through. Ah, here we go. Okay, Kevin <laughs> Jr. What do you think about Nebraska and Michigan? Michigan is a thirty and a half point favorite with a total of forty eight and a half here. Ooh, Kyle. Let me let me get you to talk about the Wolverines.
1: <laughs> thirty and a half point favorite against Nebraska. I mean, it just tells you what kind of state that that and it's, it's, say, 30 and a half, and I I shake my head, but I also understand, you know, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, Michigan is is happy to run up the score. Uh, they've done that many times in the past. Um, you know, Michigan's a really good team, no doubt about that. Our ball's done a good job. Uh, they can run the ball so well. They're explosive in the running game. Um, I, I think uh, wind is in the forecast for this one. Uh, the, I can't wait at the forecast talking like normal. But I, I do think there was some wind in the forecast for this one. That's why the total got bet down. Uh, I know that's why there was steam on the under um, uh, when it was 51 and a half taking an under, but uh, it's getting low enough where I don't know that I love the under thinking that Michigan can probably run Nebraska quite a bit here. Uh, I think it's gotten a little bit too low. I mean, I think Michigan's going to win. a but you know what I'm going to say? I mean, I don't like laying this many points. So um I, I think michigan by a lot but i can't lay this many
0: I, I tend to be the same way on this it's you you start to play into psychology like it, are they going to fight for the full 60 minutes or you know do they take their uh their foot off the pedal at the end of the ball game and, and allow you know garbage time points etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah i somebody jumped in with uh i like gary's line etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah i say it all the time i do i do all right uh let me jump in here. Uh, Heath Harrelson, uh, it's a question for me, but I, I'm not a good answer for this. Uh, Gary, do you think Boise State wins big against Nevada? And in Memphis, we say Nevada, but uh, regardless, it's 20 and a half. Now, the line opened at 21. I'm Parker. I, can I trust Boise State for anything anymore after <laughs> what they did to us last week?
2: Yeah. I had a, I had a Boise state fan talking to me on Twitter. That was you know, not like in a bad way, but it was just like, yeah, you know, the underdog has like always won this game. Like it's always been weird against BYU. There's just something special. I still think Boise state is good. I think Nevada is not very good. Um, 20 points though is so much. I have this at 19, uh, but a total of 47. I mean, I have this as a, yeah. So I have this total right on the money and I don't, again, same thing we said last thing. I just, Especially with the G five team here, there's so much volatility. You just don't know with these big totals if Boise's going to trip and fall and give up a fumble touchdown. That's going to blow it up. So uh, I'm really not inclined to see a lot of value when I have Boise in like the low thirties and Nevada in the in the low teens. That could go wrong very
0: easily. At most certainly, most certainly. Todd Clinton jumps in, Kyle. And by the way, I really appreciate the way that this question was asked. He said, "I want to attack." Cal, Oregon State. Any thoughts either way? Cal, what do you what do you think on this one? So Oregon State, by the way, 13 and a half point favorite at home. The total is 49.
1: I like how Gary said that right there, because I was just about to ask, what is the line here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I'm always inclined to to back Cal as an underdog. We've talked about Justin Wilcox as an underdog before, something like 16 and 3 against the spread as an underdog of seven points or more. You know, I don't want to go against that trend here. I think Oregon State's clearly the better team. Uh, Oregon State, not really a team to me that would usually run up the score on people. They do put a pretty close game. Uh, yeah, I, I like Dow in that one a decent amount.
0: That does make sense. All right, jumping in, Robert S. Nope, nope, nope. We're going to jump to Roberts in a second. Dominic Jefferson, does Liberty cover against UConn? Parker this Hugh free stuff just doesn't make a whole lot of sense with what he's got on that team. Um, I'm curious your thoughts here. I, I don't think the day day Hunter is going to play this weekend. That's a pretty big part of that Liberty offense. Liberty is favored by 14 and a half on the road at UConn and UConn, I believe is five and 0 against the spread in their last five ball games. I mean, they have been absolutely rolling teams. Um, the total sits at forty-five on this. You you got a, a feel on it, Parker? Uh, Liberty or UConn here?
2: Uh, UConn is seventh among FBS teams in terms of actual point differential versus the consensus spread. They're plus sixty-eight points on the season. Liberty is eight. They're plus sixty-seventh on the season. I have this modeled at twelve and a half. I see no value in this game. I have no idea.
0: <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, Sorry, that, that game's
1: 14 and a half?
0: 14 and
1: total, a half. Yeah, I mean, at 14 and a half points with a total of 45, uh, it's hard for me to not lean to an underdog, right? I mean, I, I've looked at the trends and angles very many times. Uh, it, it's hard to not take an underdog of 14 and a half points with a total of 45, and You know, I I think Parker said a couple weeks ago, UConn is just kind of normal bad at this point. Maybe even normal bad's a little bit too low to say. You know, Morris done a really good job with this UConn team. Now, I'm very hesitant to bet against Liberty, but, uh, you know, Liberty laying that many points with that low of a total would concern me.
0: Uh, Especially without, uh, you know, the running back there. So, yeah, uh, definitely a spot for the dog. Uh, especially with Liberty coming off of maybe the biggest win that they've had in a very long time of maybe a little bit of a letdown spot. So, you know, big win at Arkansas last week. You got UConn sitting there in the weeds waiting to go on Hugh Freeze. All right, Robert S. jumps in. What do you think about North Carolina and Wake Forest? Uh, Now, this one is a very interesting one to me. Um, Wake is a a three-and-a-half point. Yeah, still three-and-a-half point favorite. The total at 78. Uh, Kyle? (laughs) Let me toss this one your way um, because this, it, it looks like it's going to be two uh, really good offenses. But man, Wake Forest has turned the football over, I believe, 10 times. Uh, no, 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 no. 11 times in the past three weeks. Um, it's been bad. Obviously, eight of them against Louisville, but like it didn't get a whole lot better last week against NC State. Uh, they had three interceptions last week. Uh, what do what you see in this one, Kyle? Before
1: I made any of my numbers and before I looked at the lines, you know, I see the matchup here and I say, I have to bet the over between these two, right? You know, and of course, 78 is the total. Um, I know I still wouldn't want to bet the under, you know, I think this could be a pretty epic shootout. North Carolina has a way of of making games that way. Um, I think I trust Wake Forest uh, defense more, so I would be inclined to lean Wake Forest, but. You know, Wake Forest turning the ball over six times in one quarter makes you a bit scared to uh, back Wake Forest too much. I, I still would lean to the over. Um, I can't personally bet over 78, but that would certainly be my lean.
0: Uh, 78 is not even close to what the total actually ended up last season when it was a 58 to 55 North Carolina win. So yeah, I the over would certainly make sense. I am terrified of this one, I feel like, I mean, my numbers actually have North Carolina favored by less than a point, but I don't feel great about it because I, this defense is just atrocious. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the over would have to be the play because how can you trust the side here? Uh, throw a dog a bone jumps in. Um, uh, he he wants to know about Kyle. All right, Kyle, we're going to ask you one more, then I'm throwing one to, uh, to Parker. Any thoughts on the Army and Troy under 46 and a half on this one?
1: I think we touched on this one briefly yesterday, Did we? Too. but yeah, I'll just
0: say real quick. I,
1: I, I, lean to unders and Troy games all the time. Army plays slow enough. That would be my lean. It's just that army's defense is weak enough that uh, I, I, I can't take under this low of a total unless they're playing another service Academy.
0: Does make sense. Does make sense. Heath Harrelson jumps in Q and a for Parker. Do you have a lean on Duke and Virginia tech boy, what a sloppy game.
2: yeah i think i answered this one a little bit in the in the chat saying i have i have this about eight for duke but i'm not going to vet virginia tech at home i think if you made me pick i would pick duke on this side although i don't love the 10 points um just i mean Duke's playing semi competent defense, and Virginia Tech's offense is just awful right now. So I think this will be slow and gross. Maybe you maybe you look to an under just because neither team is super great at offense. But I think I would trust Duke a little bit more in this spot if I had to pick a side.
0: Uh, have we have we talked Tulane and UCF already? I've I've done a lot of interviews over the last three days, and I don't remember where I've talked about things.
2: I don't I don't think we have because I, don't, I, think I so. don't even know if the quarterback's. I don't even know if uh, Plumlee's playing.
0: Plumlee's playing. Yeah, so I uh, he was. He was a game-time decision last week. Uh, He's still, quote-unquote, questionable with a game-time decision, I believe, for this weekend. Uh, So, Tulane favored by two at home in this spot. Uh, I want to get both of y'all's opinion on this. Um, Kyle, let's start off with you on it. Uh, 55 is the total. Tulane favored by two. Uh, UCF, you know, coming off a win over Memphis, but... You know, is was that game anywhere near the size of this one as far as, you know, ranked matchup and a possible AAC championship matchup? Uh, what, what do you see in this?
1: I think I would bet Tulane if I had to bet this game. Um, you know, I like Willie Fritz. I think he's a really good coach, probably under underrated by many people. Uh Tulane's a fun story this year too. the Green Wave having so much success. Uh UCF. Inconsistent to me, a team that can look very good at times also can be um, shockingly bad at times. I mean, that Louisville game, they definitely should have won that game. They blew that one multiple times. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I trust UCF enough in a big game like this. So I, my lean would be too lame.
0: I don't think that UCF has been really good away from home this year. Of course, there was the big loss uh, to uh, East Carolina just a few weeks ago and last week against Memphis. I mean, there were multiple opportunities for Memphis to actually get that win. I, I would lean the same way with Tulane here. I, I like Michael Pratt in that passing offense, even though they, they don't throw it a ton. uh, They do have a sizable advantage there where they're, you know, really successful with the pass against that UCF defense, especially over the past, you know, five, six weeks or so. Uh, So that's something to, to pay attention to with this Uh, Parker, I'm curious, you know, we all like Willie Fritz. We all like what he's doing. uh, But does the Gus Bus maybe derail what they're trying to do in New Orleans?
2: Yeah, they definitely with, I mean, Mikey Keene led a comeback. Like, they definitely can be competent there. I I certainly think their ceiling comes down. Um, Does anybody in the nation really have much better of a win than Tulane at Kansas State? Just considering, Uh like, G5, P5, that's pretty incredible that they held Deuce Vaughn and Adrian Martinez to that little. And, yeah, sure, Kansas State was tanking for Oklahoma, but it doesn't matter. Uh, Tulane got the win. That's that's uh, pretty great. Uh, both teams is really, really good on third and fourth down success. And so I think that's interesting to kind of see who can get the early downs shot there. Um, Tulane with a very experienced quarterback as well. Uh, both teams are rushing in the 90s of rush rate over expectation. So I expect this to be a little bit lower paced. Um, Tulane is 12th on opponent-adjusted offense, 8th in opponent-adjusted defense uh, in the G5. UCF is 11th on offense and 28th on defense. So um, I think that Tulane will be able to score some points. The pacing issue will be really interesting. My number is four three and a three and a half, three and a half for Tulane. So I would pick Tulane by 3.5 uh, at home. I, uh, I echo the concerns about UCF away from home. They do have a full week to plan with Mikey Keene if he's going to play. And Plum Lake um, clears uh, concussion protocol. But I think I would lean towards Tulane at home here.
0: I So all three of us certainly would lean Tulane in that one. Uh, but maybe not a ton of value. Uh, you know, just, just tossing it out there for uh, not Heath, who is a uh, mini-face god. <laughs> mini-face god. All right, Scott Young comes in with Penn State, Maryland thoughts. Kyle, would you like to tackle this one uh, up in Big Ten country? Uh, Penn State's favored by ten here with the total of fifty-eight. It opened at eleven and a half, and the total opened at da, 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 uh, opened at fifty-seven. So the total is going up, and the spread is going down. Well, what do you see in this one?
1: Yeah. I'll- equal as long as the weather uh, is fine. I would, I would lean over in this game. I think uh, Maryland's uh, passing attack is better than it looks in recent games. They've had multiple games with really bad wind here of late. Uh, you got to remember those in context because, you know, you see Maryland didn't score much against Wisconsin. Uh, their game against Michigan State was played in the uh, wind and rain as well. Uh, those kinds of things should be considered because, you know, if you just go back and say, well, Maryland wasn't very good on offense, it's not giving you a very accurate picture. I think Maryland can score here. Maryland's defense concerns me quite a bit, though. I, I think Maryland gives up plenty of points. Uh, I, I guess I don't really know who will be quarterback for Penn State here. I don't know that it really matters. I think they'll, they'll uh, score either way, but uh, I certainly would lean to the over
0: in this game. I, yeah, I like that. I like that. Uh, one thing to pay attention to, by the way, uh, Jarrett, the wide receiver for Maryland, uh, looks like he's going to be out this weekend. So just, just throwing that. Out. I don't think it's going to make a huge difference. I think that offense can still move, but regardless, uh, Paul Taylor, the sailor, he said, it might be the most disgusting game on the card, but would love your input on Miami and Georgia tech. Uh, Parker, this, you interact with Sicco's committee a lot. This seems like it might be right up your alley. Uh, how do you feel about the Hurricanes and the Yellow Jackets?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think about my, my life choices to get me here. I'm pretty sure we talked about this one in the Q&A yesterday.
0: I do not um, remember. I, I don't know why I would ever want to remember but, that
2: discussion. <laughs> yeah, I think I said that if you had something to do this weekend and didn't watch this game, I certainly wouldn't hold it against you. Let me pull up my number, though. I can say it out loud. Miami GT. I have Georgia Tech favored by two. Good Lord. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That's enough on that
0: one. We don't need to go any further. Uh, Shannon Fain has a question about a six-point teaser. He said, uh, Florida State minus uh, half a point and LSU plus three. Sound good? Um, No. One, because there's too much high variance in college football to be playing teasers at any kind of a real um, return on investment uh, number. Right, so that that certainly and uh, number one rule in teasers is you do not tease through zero. So you don't want to take LSU plus three on this. Um, Yeah, we're not big fans of teasers on the show. However, uh, I mean, since we are, I guess, doing a Bet US show, I guess we should maybe toss some of those out there. Uh, But as far as like actual, if you're wanting to be serious about getting a good return on investment. I would not recommend teasing through zero Florida state. Yeah. That side maybe works, but uh, the other part, eh, I would not recommend the, the LSU side of that. Uh, Marcus fields jumps in. Uh, oh, Gary, what do you think about Wyoming minus eight against Colorado state? Colorado state's defense has actually put up a, a bit of a fight here lately. Um, I want to see what that actual number is here. Da-da-da-da. All right, yeah, it's up to Wyoming minus nine. My number on this, and I remember this specifically. I've got Wyoming by double digits on this, and I say double digits. It's actually you know a little over ten. Uh, if I had to lean away, I would go Wyoming. I just trust uh, Craig Bowl a little more here. Uh, Jay Norvell does not have the players that he wants for his system right now. So Colorado State doing a good job, you know, playing a little bit slower than typical. And the defense has been, I think, better than expected. But this is still not a very good team. And even though they are at home, I still like Wyoming to be able to get that thing done. Uh, DP two, Bulls two. How do you feel about Michigan State and Rutgers? Uh, they have the point total at 40 and a half. I'm thinking over. Kyle, do you have thoughts? I
1: don't like Rutgers overs. Um, it, it's, a, it's a really low number. I understand, uh, you know, wanting to take over for half right does too much scoring with uh blocked punt touchdowns and defensive stuff that i can't predict uh i I, i'm not interested in that i mean i'm not saying i'd bet under 40 and a half uh, but i I can't bet over with rutgers
0: would you bet under 41 and a half because that's the latest line i bet us
1: i I think i'd pass to be honest
0: (laughs) this
2: doesn't intrigue me from a betting standpoint
0: I can understand. It's two incredibly high variance teams. No, no chance to
2: Rutgers. Michigan State doesn't intrigue me from a football standpoint, either. Just for the record.
0: (laughs) Uh, We we talked about Oklahoma, West Virginia yesterday, didn't we? About Morgantown. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's do this. Let's we will do. um, Let's do one more question and then I want to hit the uh, the action games. Okay, Uh, Mark jumps in. He said, since Kyle is wearing the hat and we don't want to mess up a good thing. Thoughts on Ohio State against Indiana. Um, You know, let's let's have both of you guys hit on this one. Ohio State, as it sits, is favored by 40 with a total of 57 and a half over Indiana this weekend. Parker, we'll start with you on this.
2: I have this at 31, which might be the highest non-Michigan versus a nobody total that I've had or uh, line that I've had this season. Um, That's a lot of points. I mean, if Ohio State wins 55 to 21, that doesn't cash. Um, I don't love that big line at all. I don't love Indiana, and I certainly wouldn't want to put any money on them. Um, I think maybe you could talk yourself into, hey, Ohio State. Playoff rankings, played bad against Northwestern, needs a big win. But you can also talk yourself into like Indiana's just not a very good team and Ohio State wants to stay healthy. They get up 30 to 6 at the halftime. What are they going to do the rest of the game? Nothing, right? So this is just too big of a line for me to play.
0: I do know that Indiana still plays at a really, really fast pace. Uh, Kyle, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. If you're going to take Ohio State to win anywhere near 40, wouldn't you have to take an over 57.5? Like, doesn't that seem to make the most sense?
1: Yeah, over would be what I would bet if I had to bet this game. Um, I think Ohio State's offense will look quite a bit better this week. I think Indiana's first in the nation in tempo. I don't have the stats in front of me, but they were as of a week or two ago. So, uh, this Indiana team plays super fast. Uh, don't read too much into what hat I'm wearing today. I was just running around like a crazy person just trying to. Act <laughs> so. Uh, this I wouldn't consider this a hat game, quote unquote. Um, I, th- I think Ohio State has many concerns. I think they might be a bit overvalued in general. Uh, if you can't run the ball against Northwestern, even when they know the run's coming, I, I have concerns about you. Uh, I think Ohio State's clearly a good team, maybe not uh, quite as good as some people think. And that's coming from a Buckeyes fan.
0: <laughs> I love it. All right, let's uh, let's talk about these MAC games tonight. We've got three of them, so let's go on and dive through them before the end of the show. Uh, Northern Illinois heads to Western Michigan. This thing is a pick 'em. Total at forty-nine and a half. Uh, I have seen nothing about whether or not Rocky Lombardi is going to play in this game, but I will tell you, Western Michigan has not looked good all season long. This is maybe the true definition of a pick 'em. This is a coin toss kind of a game. Uh, My numbers, like Northern Illinois, by a little over a point. I don't know what that says. I don't know what that means. Uh, Parker, we'll start with you. What do you you think on this one?
2: Um, No no Lombardi news for me. I know I've had that in the past. Um, Western Michigan's a really bad team, man. Holy cow, they're not good at anything. They're 55th in the G5 in offense, 48th in the G5 in defense. Northern Illinois, when they have Lombardi, is pretty good on offense, 14th, but they're 54th on defense here. I have this as 1.4 points in favor of NIU. If Lombardi plays, certainly I would try to just immediately go get in NIU with a little bit here, but uh, this, this is really close to a coin flip for, for me, but man... Again, MAC teams. I want to bet the home team, but Western Michigan's so bad, man. They're so bad.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm with you, Kyle. uh, You got a feel on this? I pulled up my other number. That's just the the pure stats, and I've got Northern Illinois by 2.93, just on pure stats. So, you you got a feel?
1: I mean, Northern Illinois without Lombardi has been an absolute mess. You know, I, I don't know how you could bet them, but I look at the other side. Uh, Western Michigan is just a straight fade team for me, so I, there's no way I want to bet a side in this game. Um, if Lombardi is playing, I think this is one of those where hit by your phone, and if you see he's playing, then you you know try to rapid fire bet Northern Illinois as quick as you can because uh, it makes that big of a difference.
0: Let's move on to the next one: Buffalo at Central Michigan. This one also a pick'em. Uh, the total sits at 54 on that one. I'll go ahead and tell you my pure stats number on that, uh, is sitting at, let's see, Buffalo minus 1.32. Again, uh, just about a pick'em. Central Michigan looked better, uh, last week. Buffalo overall has been better. I think on the season, at least trend wise, uh, Kyle, let's start with you on this one. Um, uh, I got, I got no feel on this. I, I see no value here.
1: I, I think if I had to bet this, I'd probably bet Buffalo. They've been the more consistent team, in my opinion. So at least I know what I'm going to get out of them. Uh, and, you know, know what you're going to get is <laughs> an imagine. <action. laughs> probably the wrong way to put it. But you know, um, these games make very little sense. But, uh, I, I, Buffalo would be the side I would take if I had to uh, probably lean to the under. And again, as I said yesterday, betting an under in an action game, not fun. Uh, but Central Michigan certainly been.
0: Uh, yeah, these are these totals are, are very strange from action. Uh, and we understand, like, there's been wind and, and all kinds of uh, different weather systems moving through the Midwest, et cetera. But. You know, a, a total of 49.5, 54, and 56 tonight for Maxion is not the most usual, right? Uh, at, at least I don't believe so. Parker, what, what do you think on this? Buffalo, it, the more consistent overall team, um, you know, Kyle mentioned you know what you're going to get from Buffalo, which is a very subjective phrase when it comes to Maxion. but I, I just don't see a ton of value on either side here.
2: Yeah, Buffalo is uh, expected to be negative twenty-five uh, just by the spread in in point margin this season, and they're plus thirty-four. That's twelfth best in the nation in terms of, you know, being over expected. Fifty-nine uh, points total, about six and a half, six point six per game. Um, I have them ranked nineteenth in uh, the G five and Central Michigan thirty-seventh. My number is Buffalo two point one plus two point one. Uh, so I would take Buffalo here if I had to bet this. For sure. Um, I have a total of 58 as well. So Buffalo in and an over would be my two leans there. But again, that's not a recommendation.
0: <laughs> I like it. Uh, last Maxon game of the evening, Kent State at Bowling Green. Uh, Kent State favored by two and a half on the road. The total sits at 56 on this. I will go ahead and tell you that my number has Bowling Green. I say my number, one of my numbers has Bowling Green by 1.94, and the other one has Bowling Green by a little over two. So my numbers would say wrong team favored, but even at home, how do you favor Bowling Green over Kent State in that offense? Uh, Kent State has not looked great uh, so far. I... I, I would lean certainly towards Bowling Green in this one uh, at home. Uh, they appear to have gotten it figured out. They're only one game away from bowl eligibility, which I don't know that I would have ever imagined that with Scott Leffler as the head coach, but uh, here we are. Uh, Parker, let's toss it over to you on this one. Kent State and Bowling Green. I
2: have uh, Kent State uh, by about four points here. Um, I'm very low on Bowling Green. They're They're pretty balanced in run-pass splits. Um, but they're also really bad. They're 73rd in rush rate over expected, 105th in EPA per pass, 131st in EPA per rush, despite having some pretty good field positions. So that certainly knocks them down as well. They're really bad on third and fourth down defense where that's where Kent State has kind of struggled. Kent State 47th on early downs EPA, but 64th on third and fourth down. So they've kind of struggled there. I'd I pretty strongly favor Kent State. I have Kent State as 36th in the G5 and Bowling Green is 57th. So... Um, two and a half here, yeah. I think uh, I, I think I like Kent State more than I like Bowling Green. I
0: could I could certainly understand that. I like what Sean Lewis is doing at Kent State. Kyle, uh, you got a you got a feel on the Golden Flashes and the Falcons here?
1: What do you say? Total was in this one, currently fifty six. Fifty six. Um, you know, I I'd probably lean to an over Kent team that I would rather bet overs with than unders. Uh, I'm, I have to say selfishly, I'm sitting here thinking you said Bowling Green and one more win to be bowl eligible. I kind of hoping to get bowl eligible because I'm thinking I would want to bet against them in a bowl game. <laughs> uh, just think it's, <laughs> uh, it's hard to believe that Bowling Green could be good enough to get into a bowl game. I, you give them credit for winning the games that they have, but I, I don't think they're a
0: very good team. Um, my lean in this game would be the over. I like it. All right. That is going to wrap things up for today. Let's go ahead and jump into our best bets, our picks recap, if you will. And we are going to start off on the left side here. Parker, tell us what you got for today.
2: Um, I like Oregon 13 and a half uh, as a favorite. Florida State on the road minus seven against Syracuse and San Jose State minus two and a half.
0: I am going to ride the Gamecocks of South Carolina plus seven and a half in Ben Hill Griffin stadium in Gainesville, Florida. I like Florida state to cover seven at Syracuse and I'll take San Jose state as well. So uh, we've got two that we agree on this go round. Kyle, uh, what do you have this time?
1: I'll take San Jose state and San Diego state under 41 and a half. I will also take Florida state minus
0: seven. Look at that. We've got some uniformity as far as the picks again, Boise State might have bashed us over the head last week, but we are going right back to Florida State this week. All three of us like that one. So hopefully, fingers crossed, that thing is going to hit for us this week. Gentlemen, what a fantastic week of shows. Kyle, I am so glad that you got to make it for this one. Uh, The the phone screen appears to hold up pretty well. This is not bad. So but next week, we'll get back to the usual situation. Hopefully, your power comes back on very quickly. (laughs) Uh, yeah. yeah, hopefully
2: your power comes back on before <laughs> next show,
0: Kyle Don't forget about the, uh, the Turkey Day um, scavenger hunt That is down in the description below So make sure that you go and check that out Go back and watch yesterday's show Any games that we did not discuss Or that you would like an opinion on If these lines move, etc You can always reach out to us on Twitter or you can always reach out to us in the comment section below. Toss in your picks. We want to hear from you guys uh, consistently. I mean, I know that this show is done on Wednesday, but the games aren't until Saturday. We've got a whole half of a week of conversation that is still to be had in the comment section. So go ahead and toss that thing in there. Um, with that said, looking through the notes, make sure... Oh, like the video for us if you would. Uh, that helps out quite a bit. Make sure that you are subscribed to the channel and hit the notification bell, share the show out, tell your friends about it. And I think that's it. I think that's it. All right. It's going to wrap things up for today for bet us where the game begins. God bless college football. And we'll see you guys again next week.